Hello and welcome to the Product Coach Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey to explore the domain of product management and having a successful career as a product manager. Episode 15, case study on how Apple hooked you into their ecosystem. The first Apple product I ever owned was the iPod Classic. It was a brilliant product, having a thousand songs in your pocket made it so easy to decide on. It was expensive, no doubt, compared to the Creative Zen and other Sony MP3 players at that time. My previous MP3 player before the iPod was one from Intel, which was my go-to workout music player, which could only hold about 20 songs. I remember walking into the store to get the iPod. It was a big decision to shell out a few hundred dollars to get that white music player with that shiny metallic black. Ladies and gents, I finally got my 20 gigabytes iPod and I was in heaven. I then spent days ripping my CDs and loading them into the iPod. The jog wheel worked like a charm and it was so easy to use. Pair it up with those iconic earbuds and you were literally screaming to the world that you had an iPod. That iPod served me so very well. Ripping CDs and downloading MP3s was the norm. Apple then revolutionized the way we purchased music and they allowed people to buy tracks from iTunes. Wow, it was amazing. No more going to CD shops. It was just click, pay, download, sync, and play the song on your iPod. Many of my friends steered away from the iPod and opted for cheaper players only to come back to Apple years later. Apple solved a problem which customers didn't know existed. No one thought about carrying the entire CD collection in their pocket. Sometimes you have to be a visionary product leader and look into the future and then deliver a product which sets the gold standard. At that time, the Walkman was the number one music player. It's been 20 years since the iPod launched and no one has come close to it. Passion plays an important role when it comes to building stellar products. Steve Jobs loved music. He loved listening to Bob Dylan. Every major product release featured artists and there were even collaborations done with U2 on the iPod. If you have one of those U2 iPods, they are a collectible today. The hook and the catch. The ease of syncing music to the iPod got me curious about the laptops. I was a Windows fanboy and loved geeking out on Windows. The simplicity of iPod got me curious about the Mac in general. A co-worker had the MacBook and swore by it. After much deliberation, I got my first Mac, the MacBook Black, affectionately known as the Mac Black, They had just had it for about two years and it was the premium version of the MacBook which was primarily offered at that time in white. I still have it with me. It does power on but the battery is dead. The Mac Black was my pride and joy and the year was 2008. 2.4 GHz with 4 GB RAM. It was my go-to laptop. Building on good design principles and keep refining it seems to be the motto at Apple. I soon realized how good everything was with the Mac. Being an avid photographer, managing my workflow on the Mac was so simple. My edits were getting easier to do and it was also super easy to manage my library of images and other digital content. After a couple of years, I decided to plunge in further and my experience with the Macintosh only got better as I made the case to get a MacBook Pro 17. I was a chirpy happy monkey. The power of the MacBook Pro gave me goosebumps. It was a true desktop replacement and I was churning out content effortlessly. It could just do it all. While this was their first unibody design, it set the design standard for all of the future MacBook Pros even till today. 
Sure, my 16-inch MacBook Pro, which I'm using now, is thinner, lighter, and faster, and the design aesthetic hasn't changed much. Apple funneled many consumers to the macOS through the iPod and iTunes ecosystem. They simplified the whole experience of searching, buying, and loading music. As product managers, we should remember that user experience is the key to brand loyalty. Building an ecosystem can take years, and every product which was launched by Apple had the ecosystem integration in play at the get-go. The ecosystem by itself also expands its coverage. What started off as a music ecosystem from Apple has now evolved into something much bigger. The word ecosystem is so widely used today and expectations are high when this is talked about. And I think a lot of this has to do with the way in which Apple has expanded that ecosystem. So you can be a challenger in a new industry and that's exactly what Apple has done. The iPhone 3GS was the next little investment which I made. Moving away from the palm tree of 650 to the iPhone, I now had an iPod, the internet and the phone in my pocket. Seriously, could life get any better? It was a new age for mobility, an all-glass touchscreen with an app store which actually worked. There were some shortcomings in the early iPhones when it came to messaging. I remember you couldn't copy forward an SMS and there were some other odd bits like certain GSM bands were not being supported. People didn't really care about what was missing as they were delighted with what was in front of them. It takes a whole new level of commitment to enter into a new industry. Very few companies have been successful in crossing over and then making that product line the dominant revenue contributor. Customers will forgive and forget the shortcomings of a product if they believe that the company has the ambition and the commitment to fix these quickly and are deeply invested in the future of the product. You can expect iOS updates for years, unlike in the case of Android and other systems where you may only get one update at the very best. Creating a new product category and experimenting fearlessly, I think is what Apple is known best for. Just when we thought that nothing else new could come out, Apple released the iPad. I personally had to go into the gray market and get my first iPad as it was not easily available to the official stores. I remember flying with it once when it just got released and the person next to me was in awe. There were so many questions which had to be answered. The ability to touch the internet for the first time was truly unique. Reading the news, a book or playing with it just gave you a sense of creative expression which you never had before. The iPad was mocked at launch for being just a big iPhone. From being a media consumption device, the iPad is now a content creation device and is quite well suited for office productivity. Consumers did take to the iPad and this new device category, along with the growing app store, was bringing in new customers to the company. These included those who were on Windows and were looking for a tablet. The iPad created a whole new industry by itself. Build great products and create new product categories with conviction and consumers will follow. To do this, you must have a great product narrative so that users can visualize how they would like to use the product and how it would fit into their lifestyle. Apple just did that. They showed the way how the device was great for education, healthcare, entertainment, and productivity. Apple soon moved into health, wellness, and lifestyle. I was consumed by the Apple ecosystem. I had the devices in each category, and as the years went on, these computing devices got replaced almost every other year in some way or another. The leaps and bounds of technology made every iteration of the products superior in speed, usability and weight. No matter how many times I tried to break away from the Apple ecosystem and moving into Android, I just kept coming back to Apple. And it's only now, after so many years, that I have firmly decided never to leave. Apple continues to break new grounds. Their venture into wireless earphones was received with mixed reactions. The first generation iPods were mocked for being looking too clumsy. However, no one could take away the fact that the AirPods worked seamlessly across all Apple devices. 
they were just so easy to pair and operate. The size of the case and the battery life and the form factor of the overall package could not be dismissed. They stepped it up with the AirPods Pro and that was it. No doubt the Pro version received rave reviews for its sound quality, wireless charging compactness and was directly in competition with some of the leading earbud manufacturers. So goes another addition into the Apple ecosystem. So as I tried leaving Apple so many times, they just kept dragging me back in. I tried the Android route with Samsung and they let me down. The tablets were plain awful, the apps were not optimized and they hardly worked well in tandem. The Google Pixel series was remarkably better. I occasionally use Android for work and for some mobile gaming. The Pixel 3 and the Samsung Notes were great phones, but something was amiss. And I think it was the fluidity of the user experience compared to Apple. So I went back to my iPhone. The same apps work on my Mac, iPad, iPhone, and even on my iWatch. It's just seamless. When macOS Catalina launched, the sidecar capability to make your iPad Pro into a second monitor was just most creatives needed. And this is an example of how Apple keeps integrating the devices and building out that ecosystem to the delight of customers. When it came to wearables, the iWatch is now the Rolls Royce of smartwatches. The health metrics and tracking is great and continues to improve. Yes, there are some other good ones like Garmin and Fitbit, but they are not lifestyle watches which integrate with health and wellness that seamlessly. The watch industry is another example of how the company took up the challenge to create a new category for themselves. The interesting thing about the watch market is that the product managers probably needed to stretch themselves and had to work closely with design houses to choose colors, materials, texture. Quite fascinating that a technology company was able to pull it off. Making mistakes and being brave should be the DNA for product managers. When I look back through the years, Apple did not always get everything right the first time around. There are so many examples of their failures, yet they continue to sell out and become a trillion dollar company. 2008, Mobile Me failed. Users complained of data synchronization issues. 2012, Apple Maps failed at the launch with severe problems in the initial years. 2010, iPhone 4 and Tenagate users reported drop in signals. 2014, iPhone 6, Bendgate, users reported flex and bend on these devices. 2017, Battery Gate, performance controls on older devices. 2017, leading up to 2018, the butterfly keyboard fiasco where dirt was getting trapped under the keys after they changed the switch mechanism. I'm sure they will continue to make more mistakes in the coming years to come. I think that's what great companies do. They make mistakes, they learn from it, and they build better products. I think consumers will be fine with some of these experiments so long the products continue to be supported and enhanced. The overall track record from Apple has been decent, so that provides a lot of comfort. They have so far been the flagship company when it comes to ecosystems, the likes of Samsung, Google, Blackberry, and Sony, and the rest. They have a lot to learn and think about. So the lessons for product managers when it comes to looking back at how Apple did so many things right. I think there's a lot of lessons in here for product managers to reflect on. Number one, integrate deep and wide for impact. As we examined how Apple has gone about executing their strategy, it's evident that product roadmaps need to tie in with a larger ecosystem roadmap. We should think of producing an ecosystem vision board which includes products and services from all categories. Most companies build their products in silos and may at best bundle 
a few products together that have some integration for a period of time. There needs to be a deep integration of services and platforms. It's as simple as saying, if I have one account created at Apple, I should be able to use it across all Apple services and devices. Apple has also come to the point that one Apple ID can allow me to have instant access to information, photos, documents, regardless of whether I access it from my iPad, iPhone, or the Mac. There is a lot more under the hood at Apple, and they continue to delight customers by simplifying how devices connect up. Look at how easy it is to pair an iPod with an Apple device. There are hundreds of ecosystem features that are embedded into the Apple devices. Too many to mention here, and there are new ones popping up every day. Number two, powerful ecosystems have a multiplier effect. They enable and increase in market share across products as customers begin to see the benefits of the ecosystem. Simplifying the digital lifestyle is key when it comes to increasing user adoption. Apple simplifies the sign-up and activation process and seamlessly integrates hardware and software services together to deliver that ecosystem experience. They can do this well as they control the manufacturing end-to-end -end and build chips which deliver specific functionality for that experience to happen. The software and the hardware are both married together. The ecosystem has given rise to new thriving business models in subscriptions and app stores. The Apple App Store is the most successful app store on the planet today. Number three, extend across to old hardware. An interesting fact is that my MacBook Pro, which is over 10 years old, still works well today. It powers up and has enough juice in its original battery. I swapped an SSD and increased the RAM to 8GB. While it can't officially use the latest version of the macOS, it is still able to participate in the Apple ecosystem. The lesson here is when you build an ecosystem, a product manager should extend the access to the ecosystem as long as possible to older hardware. This keeps our customers happy and are very likely to stay with you when they eventually upgrade. There has been a tendency where companies have terminated old hardware. This doesn't go down well with consumers, especially if that hardware is less than five years old. We should expect that consumers will want to use their hardware for a considerable amount of time. In the case of software, it's reasonable to expect users to be pushed to an upgrade route in a shorter period. Number four, iterate at pace and be committed to the vision. So many companies announce grand plans to integrate devices and software, and yet they all fail. There has been limited success. Look at how Siri, Maps, iCloud, iOS have evolved from their humble beginnings. The company commitment to customers is exhibited through their regular software updates. You know when you get an Apple device that shortcoming, if any, will be fixed. Many product managers have tried to adopt the Apple way of doing things, and it's quite hard to emulate it as this needs an organizational shift in strategy. We can, however, do whatever little we can for our own product backlog and still aim to deliver on our product vision. Number five, frictionless access. The key aspect of building out an ecosystem is to give the user a memorable experience when they are registering onto the platform. This access needs to be frictionless. It has to be simple, intuitive, and enjoyable. It's tempting to get as much information as possible during the registration process. An alternative is to limit the data collection of the point of entry and only collect it when they want to do a transaction. Think about every time you buy an Apple device and you register the device. Isn't it just simple in the way in which all your profiles connect up together? There is a lot of love and hate about Apple. The design directions have often got them into trouble, like getting rid of HDMI and card reader ports in the MacBook Another one being removing the headphone jacks and iPhones. We now all have to put up with the dongle life. On the plus side, they have simplified the computing lifestyle for all of us with the tight integration of hardware and software. They have showed the world how technology can seamlessly integrate into our lifestyles without the individual being aware of it. Yes, you do pay a premium to access this ecosystem. Some call it the Apple tax. And you do get what you pay for.
If you compare any other competitor's device, you know what you're not getting when you don't go with Apple. And many people are fine with that and are happy to get an item which meets their immediate needs. With Apple products, there is a certain future-proofing and ongoing support which you're paying for in advance. If you were to spec out an identical piece of hardware from another manufacturer, you will find the prices are quite comparable. As a product manager, never stop delighting your customers. Even small feature enhancements can help you solve customer problems. We should define the direction of our products early and build towards that goal. There will be many obstacles in delivering the vision and you will not be able to do it alone. You need to be an evangelist for not just your products but for customers as well and drive the conversation across your company for others to make that mindset shift and make that the new way of growing the business. It is possible to hit the reset button. Just look at Microsoft. Read our recent case study on BlackBerry to give you a different perspective on how a once great company lost its market leading position. If you like us to provide more insights through a case study approach then subscribe and let us know the topic of interest. Do subscribe and follow us on Twitter and on our podcast series. You can get more information and the latest articles from productcoach.net.